like like any parent, I you know there are challenges on the daily. But one thing that I find most challenging is keeping my temper. You know, I'm with my kids a lot. I'm in charge of bringing them to school every day. I'm in charge of getting them ready to go to just about everything. Personally, I hate being late. So that's already a pet peeve of mine, and it already gives me a lot of anxiety. If I ask them to do something, and I ask them really nicely one time, and if I don't, and I don't get the response that I'm looking for, I usually start yelling pretty quickly. Um, and I'll say to them, I'll say, okay, go get your clothes on, put your socks on. Okay, now go brush your teeth. And it's this step-by-step thing. And if I don't tell them to get ready, they get distracted, they start playing, they start laughing. And then that's when I lose it. (laughs) I just fly off the handle. I'll come in and say, why aren't you getting ready? And then like three words into their response, I'll say, Stop it. It doesn't matter. Just get ready. You know, I don't even care what you're saying. And sometimes it just feels like yelling is the only way I can get them to listen. Anytime I yell and get angry, I immediately feel bad. I feel guilty. I feel like that's not how I want to parent my children. You would think that amount of self-awareness would prevent it from happening again. You know, it does just the opposite because I just end up yelling more because I'm agitated and I'm angry with myself. And then the whole thing just snowballs from there. Well, you're reading my mind. Welcome to Dear Anxiety. This is the show about mental health and how we deal with it. Today's show, I'm very excited about this, and I'm very angry about it, too, because not just today's show, but the next two shows actually are all about anger. Now, we wanted to do one episode focusing more on parents dealing with anger and a separate episode for parents to help their kids who deal with a lot of anger. The world is so angry today. You just heard a parent's view of anger. Usually we start the show with a child's view of emotion. Tell me, who as a parent has never experienced anger? We're here to talk about that today. We're going to be talking about different aspects of anger, how you can take care of yourself, really understanding anger so you can take care of yourself. We're going to be giving you some skills. More about that in a minute. I'm Ed Krasnick. My co-host, Rini Jane, is coming right up. And it's not only about anger, it's about how to transform your anger. And we're going to look at what to do with our thoughts and feelings, as we do always on the show, as well as how to practice skills we can use in everyday life. And today, we're going to be practicing face check skills that that we call minding the gap, and maybe noticing and naming all kinds of skills today. So that's coming right up as well. And our show is for people of all ages, whether you're a parent or a teen, married or single. We're all in it together. We all feel these emotions together. Now, my partner, I'm so glad that she's here because I'd be lost, and I am lost anyway. Uh, My partner is a leading expert in resilience, anxiety relief, the founder of GoZen, which teaches resilience and happiness skills to kids, parents, and schools. She has a master's degree in applied positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. Rini Jane, there should be some kind of trumpet sound or something. Here I am, Ed. I have been preparing for this by getting very angry. I can't, but I can't be angry with you because you make me laugh. So it's a real problem to prep for this show. Yeah. And that was how I dealt with my family to to diffuse their anger. Uh, Because otherwise, if I didn't have a sense of humor, I wouldn't be here right now. Always the Um, funny guy, Ed. Always the funny guy. Always Mr. Funny. Laugh, clown, laugh, crying inside. Now, Rini, 
Okay, so I always think you're an expert. You're 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 in this field. You've been working in this field for a long time. You must be an expert in how to express your anger. You must have a lot of practice. Where did you learn how to express anger, first of all? <laughs> well, I have a brother that's two and a half years older than me that tortured me for the better part of my childhood. <laughs> uh-huh, and so I had a lot of practice with that. Um, and I never knew there was really a difference between feeling your anger and expressing your anger right until I got older. So the feeling is all good. Please feel your anger. We condone anger. Anger is a good thing. Anger shouldn't be demonized. You know, but I didn't know that there was a difference between feeling it and expressing it. So I did a lot of expression as a child. I was an Audi. I call it an Audi. So that means that I was outwardly expressive of my anger. I would yell, I would scream, I would hit. Um, So there was a lot of that. And then later in life, I realized that I needed to swallow that anger because people weren't so into it. So, you know, I think I became an innie after that, um, where I would feel the anger, but then I would never express it and process it. And so, you know, I was one of those kids that eventually you would say, hey, Rini, and I would just explode because I'd been stockpiling that anger for so long. So lots of practice. And yeah, and this week, Ed, I'm fasting. I don't know if I told you this. I don't think I told you this. No, I haven't heard about the fasting. Okay, so the number one side effect of my fasting is anger. (laughs) I'm basically angry because I'm hungry. I'm hangry. (laughs) You're hangry, yeah. Now, what's the fasting all about? Is this like an experiment that you're trying at home to see how angry you can get? It is literally an experiment to see if I can do it. I wanted to just kind of reset my body. And so I'm doing this fast that was recommended by one of my friends who's a nutritionist who's done the fast. I've never fasted before. I'm like, I want to see if I have the willpower to do this and if it'll help me reset my body. So I'm on day four of five. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty angry. I'll tell you. Well, I, you know, the, I, when I was in college, I did a liquid protein fast. And I remember on day two, I was hallucinating about grape nuts. But no, but I, yeah, so you, you lose your mind. I mean, people don't feed themselves, you know, forget about emotionally, but physically, we really don't get what we need. Um, so you're trying to reset the whole thing. I am trying to reset the whole thing. But in, so, you know, the side effect has been good because I've been dealing with some anger this week. And so I'm ready to talk about anger. Sure, sure. I'm I'm ready to talk about I mean, our whole world is very familiar with anger. But do they really do we really understand anger and the uses of anger and and the fact that anger is something that everybody has and experiences uh and that it's it's okay to to experience it. But it's not yeah. only okay, it's totally necessary. So what is anger, you know? Why do we why is it necessary? Why do we get angry? Why do we try to shove it down like we try to shove down half the spectrum of emotions? So when I think about anger, you know, and I can ask you, Ed, and anyone who's listening, you can ask yourself, when is the last time I got angry? So if you think about the last time you got angry, and I don't know, Ed, if you're willing to share the last time you got angry. You know, I was, uh, dr- I drove my daughter back and forth to L.A. for her orthodontist appointment, and we're living here temporarily in San Diego. And we got stuck in a traffic jam that took five hours to get back. Uh, We'd already been on the road for three hours. So that's eight hours of driving just between L.A. and San Diego. And so I started to get really angry. And what happened is I tried to pinch it off because I certainly don't want to be angry at my daughter. 
And so I'm experiencing this frustration and then I, I get short, like my, 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 my responses to her were short. We'll get there. We'll be there. It'll happen. Everything's going to be fine. So, you know, that's how my anger came out. But I was like seething inside and I was just, you know, I didn't, I didn't have enough space for myself. And I often feel like I'm behind and I just need to sit and look at a wall and I just can't do that. So I get, you know, so I get angry. Yeah. I mean, if you think about that example that you're talking about, and if we think about the last time any of us got angry, I can hear in what you're saying that you're sort of reprimanding yourself. Why did I get angry? I didn't want to get angry at my daughter. I didn't want to be like that. You know, I was trying to kind of shove it down. But the thing about anger, one of the reasons that you get angry is because it's a protection mechanism. If the next question you ask yourself is, ask yourself first, when's the last time I got angry? And think about that. And then think about what you are trying to protect. What was it that you were trying to protect? Because when I ask people these two questions, when's the last time you got angry? And someone might say, I got angry at my child because they weren't listening. And then I say, what were you trying to protect? And eventually it comes out that self-respect, honor, integrity, in your case, Ed, with sitting in the car, your time, you know, that's valuable to you. Anger is sending a message to us that we are trying to protect something that is important to us. So it's not a bad thing. It's a messenger like every single emotion. Every emotion saying, hey, listen to me, I have a message to send you. And so that's how we really need to approach anger to begin with. People say it's a secondary emotion. And I know, Ed, you've heard that before which we can hear in your story, right? So what was underneath the anger? Yeah, fear, fear, and also frustration, tremendous amount of frustration. Right. And so what's on top, it's like an iceberg. So what's on top is anger, is showing anger, and what's underneath is really a primary emotion, fear. And so that's important to understand. So first things first, anger is not a bad emotion, right? We think of it because we associate the emotion with the reaction. So our behavior. So we associate it with being aggressive, yelling, hitting. That's anger. But anger is the feeling first and foremost. And that can be really useful to us, like all feelings. And those reactions that you mention that, are, that usually have a very negative connotation, certainly violence, hitting, uh, outbursts, things like that, losing your temper, is really a reaction to not understanding the anger. It's a reaction to not understanding the anger. It's a reaction to not allowing yourself to feel and listen to the anger. Because let's be honest, from a very young age, we are taught that your big feelings make the big people in the room really uncomfortable. And even with love and compassion, we say to our kids, why don't you go take a time out or you know, even go to a calm down corner, right? So now it's not a time out. Maybe we're more compassionate and we say, let's go to this calm down corner. But the message that we are sending to our kids is these big feelings are not acceptable. And so, you know, go away and then come back when they're, you're, you're back at even keel. Instead of working with our kids to navigate through the emotions, which is what we need to do. And we're going to talk more about kids navigating their big emotions next week because it's such a big topic and it's really hard to do because there are a lot of things that are associated with the anger because the feeling comes and the reaction comes a split second later. 
which is why Ed and I talk about minding the gap often. Yeah, now minding the gap, and that, and this is really something for all uh, emotions, thoughts, all kinds of circumstances, is giving yourself space, giving yourself time, giving yourself room and perspective so that you can make a choice about what you do with your feelings and thoughts. I think one of the most interesting things that I have learned about anger and emotions in general is that when you ask people what their triggers are, they're pretty quick to come up with them, you know, a list of triggers. So today we're talking more about parents and parents can list their triggers. Kids don't listen to me or they don't clean up or my spouse does this and this is a trigger. But here's a game changer or was a game changer for me when I started thinking about two people who face the same trigger but have totally different reactions, right? So, Ed, give me one of your triggers. Well, it's other people's anger. Okay. So other people's anger is one of your triggers. So if other, yeah. someone else is angry, then that triggers your own anger. And then I think that is very natural and biological as well. So let's say you and I go somewhere. Um, we were talking about McDonald's earlier for some reason before we started recording. Um, okay. But let's say we go to McDonald's and you know, the person who is taking our order is not being friendly and they're starting to get angry. And from what I'm hearing from what you're saying, Ed, that might make you angry. Um, that wouldn't make me angry. And so we're two different people, right, facing the same event, yet you're getting angry and I'm not. So what's the difference? So now people could say, well, you grew up in different backgrounds and there's environment and, you know, there's biological things and there's genes, right? There's all these different things. But what I would say to you is that the number one thing that differs, differs between you and I in terms of what is triggering us is not what's on the outside, not that person who's taking our order, who's being angry, but what's going on within us, right? Our interpretation of the situation. So our thoughts. And that is actually amazing because that's where this gap really can help us. If we can create a gap between the event that triggers us, whether that be our kids or our spouse or school or something that's making us anxious, and the reaction that we have, and that reaction could be yelling or that reaction could be stuffing it down very deep. If we can create a space where Ed and I are calling this minding the gap, that's where all the work and the magic can be done. Okay, so in minding the gap, there's a lot of different techniques that you can use. But it seems like to me, in creating the space, you want to slow it down somehow because all of this happens very quickly. And we think we have to be as fast as the circumstances that surround us. We can't be slower than the circumstances. So just taking a second, however you do that in minding the gap. So maybe we can do a couple of scenarios. And this is our, this is our role play uh, section. We always try to act out situations from life. Let's get ready, people. Quiet on the set. So parent and kid. Um, you'll be the mom. I'm not typecasting, um, but you'll be the mom. How and, dare you? And, dare you call me a mom? And, <laughs> you'll be the mom, and I'll be uh, your kid. And I assume this is a situation that you, you've experienced a lot of times. You're trying to get your kid ready for school. Oh, fun. 
I'm already triggered. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm known as the quickest trigger in the West. So here, so here we go. Okay. So I'm, you're trying to get me ready for school and here I am not getting ready. Light, camera, and action. Hey, Eddie, <sighs> it's time to get ready. We've had it. Yeah. We've had enough time to do what you want to do in the morning. Come on. We, we got to go. Mommy's got to go to work. Daddy's hey, got to go to work. Okay. Okay, Ma, I'm just playing a game. I'm just playing a game. I got one more. I got to get this one more. I got to get one more level. I get Listen. one more level and then I'm in. One no, more level. This no will be more fast, levels. Fast. No more games. Okay, listen to me. This is going off. I'm shutting it off right now. We got to go. You know the routine. No. Why do we go through the same thing every morning? I just got one more level. I'm going to one more level. It takes about just two levels, seconds. Honey. You can play it after school. Right now no. we have to... You're, te- you're no. going to get in trouble at school. You know, you have to be on time at school. Do you not care about that? I don't care. I hate school. This is I a life. I want to just do this one more level. Uh, this is a life skill. You need to learn how to follow instructions, be able to get up in the morning, get ready, and get to school. Shut that thing blah, off. Blah, 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 Are you blah. seriously doing that to me right now? I don't deserve to be disrespected. I work very, very hard. You know, just like yes, I know you that you do too. It is Why can't not... you understand? I just want to finish this. If you would have let me do it, we would have been out the door already. Uh, Two seconds. Off. Eddie, up. Listen to me right now. This is done. Over. Get up and get ready. And if you don't want to do it, I will lift you up and carry you to your room right now. No! Cut, cut, cut. That didn't work. Okay, so that's a scenario. That's probably a scenario that a lot of people are familiar with. So. Okay. Can it be done differently? Okay. So let's, let's talk, talk about, about the about skill it. that we're going to use. So in order to, so obviously that was a frustrating experience for the mom and for the child. And the skill that we're going to use really is one of the minding the gap skills. So what you're trying to do is create a space between the feeling of the anger, which the mom is feeling the anger and the reaction, which the reaction she had at the end was yelling, which is getting no one anywhere, obviously, right? It ended up with both, both people yelling. What we are looking to do with our kids as much as we can, and I understand I'm a mom of a four and five-year-old that actually has to get my kids ready for school in the morning. And um, so what we want to do as much as we can is be their guide through this. And the only way that we can guide them in anything is to just really be in control of ourselves, right? And have that self-regulation. So that's why we're working on this, okay? So we're going to mind the gap. So what we're going to do in minding the gap is we are going to notice and name our own feelings and emotions that are going on with us. So that will be the first kind of skill that we learn. And in noticing and naming what you're doing is you're literally narrating what's going on with your own body and your feelings. And that can help you mind the gap, create a space between the triggering event and your reaction, and then help you guide your child. I just got one more level. Mom, I got one more level. And then I promise Eddie, I'll go. I know go you want to go to school. I know, honey. I you know don't... you want me to go to school. I yeah, know we I have to go. But I'm just going to finish this one thing. Yeah, but remember, no, no, I... no video games before school. This is what happens every time. I know that you want to finish, but we have to go. I know, but I got to level up. I'm just going to level up one honey, second and then we're going to go. Dad's just all... what level? I'm going to just make the car. one level. He's waiting in the car with the car on and the engine on. He's going to leave. And then I neither of us will finish. If I walk, I can't. I have to be able to look at it and I have to keep the, the Game Boy. I have to keep it steady. I am feeling very, feeling, starting to feel very hot inside my body right now. 
I am like getting a tightness in my chest and I just, it's very hard for me to talk to you right now. I'm getting, I'm feeling very tight in my chest. I feel a little bit of a burning in my throat. I'm just, it's, it's very angering to me. It's frustrating. I'm really super frustrated right now. And I'm saying these things because I know that yelling is not going to get us anywhere, but I need to talk about how I'm feeling and where I'm feeling it. I feel it in my stomach, my chest, and my throat. Well, I feel it too, Mom. I feel it too because I, I want to just finish my game before I, know, I go to school. But and this, it's my – I don't have any time. Once I get to school, I can't do – I can't play during school. They don't let us have video games during school. I know, honey. I know they don't let you have video games during school. I know that all you want to do is play, and that is how your brain works right now, and it's really fun. But the things that you're going to learn in school, they're going to connect things in your brain together that are going to make you play even better. You know, you're going to grow your brain. You can come back and ace this thing. And so right now, it's important. I, I get it. I get it. I used to play video games as a kid, really. Like, I understand. Super Mario Brothers. I was so good at it. I could win every time. Wow. How come you don't play with me? I should play with you. I actually do like video games. So maybe we can spend a few minutes after school playing together. Or you can show me. I probably won't be able to play this game, but you can show me what you're doing. It looks totally different than what I used to do. Okay. 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 Well, can I... Can I... Everything that you said about how you're feeling that's that's how i feel in my chest when you when you want want to rush me and i want to just finish something and i know it's only going to take a couple seconds that's that's how i feel too well i'm glad that you're telling me how you feel too and so are you ready now are you ready to come up i'll help you you know let's figure out what you want to wear let's get ready okay okay can i wear my high tops sure let's do it cut cut we got it we got it print it that's a wrap everybody go to lunch pick up your check on the way out well, okay. So that was a little bit different. And I want to say that obviously your experiences in practicing any of these skills is going to be different than what you're hearing. It's going to be your own experience. The thing is, it doesn't matter Results how much... Results may vary at home, right? <laughs> yeah, and batteries aren't included. But they, but you, you are going to have all kinds of experiences. The point is that you're aware of what you're doing and you're making a choice some choices about it even if you do it the same way but you're aware wow i'm really getting angry and i'm screaming that's progress and in these things it's progress not perfection you're just looking for awareness you're looking for something that you can practice something that you can improve on one of the things that you talked about earlier ed is that anger makes everything fast and you feel like you need to put it in slow motion because it's so fast. And the interesting thing about the science is anger actually makes you speak faster and raise your voice, speak louder and speak faster. It does make things faster. And again, this is probably a protection mechanism, right? That from when we were back in the day and we were cave people and something made us angry. And in order to protect ourselves, we needed to be fast and quick. So angry anger does go very quickly. And if you think back about an angry episode and you kind of think, that was a blur. It's because it is very quick. And so noticing and naming, while it might sound a little weird, to be honest, to say I feel a tightness and a burning in my throat, you are getting in touch with where the anger resides physiologically. Not only that, but you're activating your language centers. And when you do that, you're taking a lot of bandwidth away from your emotional brain. And you're able to create that gap that you need in order not to start screaming and yelling or expressing your anger in the way that is not adaptive. 
Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting thing, and it's something that we all uh, experience many times a day. I'm sure. Maybe we can talk about you know things that you can tell yourself when you start experiencing anger. What what is it? And this this segment this might be a whole new segment called self talk. Self talk. I know there are parental scripts. Parents want tell me what to say. I think self-talk. What do you tell yourself, Rini, when you are experiencing anger? Do you what really want to know what I tell myself? It's, yeah, I do. I say, I am Yoda. I say it over and over. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am. No, I'm not sorry. Of course. That's fantastic. <laughs> I say I am Yoda because I love to use Star Wars analogies when I teach. And I say that Yoda was a guide to Luke Skywalker, even when he was being a brat, right? And he knew that he had to be the highest version of himself all the time in order to guide Luke. And so I look at my kids and I say, I'm not in control of your actions, but I am your guide. And in that, I am Yoda. And because all of that that I said is too much, when I get into a space, my mantra is, I am Yoda, I am Yoda, I am Yoda, I am Yoda over and over again. Wow. That's fantastic. So that's like a, that's a symbolic word that means all of these things to you. But what it does also is that when you say that to yourself, you have already created a gap. That is exactly right. And that is what you are trying to do. And some researchers say it only takes four seconds to bring you back into a place where you can be rational, where you can be, where you can coach your kids again, you know, where you can be rational essentially and cool and calm. So, or cool enough and calm enough that you can guide them. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, whatever you say to yourself, whatever your self talk is, it could be, I'm angry and it's okay, or I'm okay or okay, or safe, or Yoda, or whoever your heroes are. Or some people um, do a physical action where they go wash their hands, right? There's one particular physical anchor that is creating the space. I'm going to go wash my hands. <laughs> you might have dry and cracked hands depending on your family dynamic. <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are you doing again? Washing my hands again. But yeah, to, to break to break again that fusion that happens between the trigger and the reaction. So these are these are some of the we call we talked about noticing and naming. We talked about minding the gap. We talked about creating a space. We talk about maybe a safe word for yourself for self talk. What you tell yourself. And I also want to talk about face check for a moment. So right. face check is an acronym that I created because I believe with kids and any humans there are certain essential needs that we have. Right. So a lot of times. When a child is angry, if you read an article on angry children, they will tell you to make sure that they're not hungry or tired, right? And that is absolutely important. That's an essential. But one of the things that also happens with kids is they get deeply in flow. Okay, so face check is an acronym that stands for flow, agency, connection, and essentials, right? And I'll just quickly touch on each one. So flow is what we saw with Eddie, who we were doing the role play with. He was playing a video game and he was in flow. Flow is that state of being where all time falls away, right? Where you're what they call being in the zone. A lot of athletes experience it. A lot of artists experience it when they're writing, when they're painting. Everybody experiences it at some point or another. And it happens often to kids when they're playing games or get, they get deeply immersed. It could be building Legos. If you rip someone out of flow, imagine you're in flow doing something. If you rip someone out of flow, it jar it's jarring to them, 
it's upsetting to them. So before you do that, you want to ensure that you know, you know, that you are doing this. Okay, I'm going to rip this this child out of flow. You can look at them and, and you can see that. So that's F. A is agency. So kids have less and less agency. This is the ability to influence our own lives. And because of, you know, we're in the age of helicopter parenting, really, right? We're in the age where we don't allow our children to take reasonable risks. I don't know about you, Ed, but when I was growing up, it was kind of like, go outside and be back by five and make sure you're not dead. Like that was the rule, right? That was it. Sure, of course. But now, not only are we hovering over our kids, but they just because of the way the world is, unfortunately, they have less and less space. So it's not like they can ride their bikes around the neighborhood without supervision for the most part. A lot of times they're really (laughs) restricted to the perimeter of the house or the apartment. They don't have a lot of personal agency anymore to learn from cause and effect. Like, Are you allowing your kids enough space, basically, to make decisions that influence their own life? And when a kid has very little agency in their life, whether that be you know, I'm going to decide not to do my homework and get a failing grade. And, you know, I'm, you know, not a great demonstration of personal agency, but they are able to feel the cause and effect of their choices, right? And we don't allow enough of that. And when that's very low, when agency is very low, it can create anger. And then there's connection, right? Connecting with our kids, connection time, quality time without devices, and then there are the essentials, which people talk about, you know, is your child hungry or are they just really tired, of course. So that's an acronym called face check. And, th- and those are the different things, the different items that you can check for so that you can so that you can deal with what's going on in a more effective way. I feel like every human needs those things in the face, you know, in the face acronym flow, agency, connection and essentials to nurture themselves as a whole human and like a human experience. And I feel with, you know, yeah, you can check in in each category. Is my child getting enough? Am I getting enough? Yeah, that's what's this. All of these things that we're talking about, we may be talking about parenting, but even if we're talking about parenting, it's about parenting yourself. Because if you're not parented, if you're not getting what you need, how can you take care of your kid? You really can't. You're really surviving at that point. And I think most people are in survival mode these days. Absolutely. It's trying to make ends meet both financially and emotionally. You know, people are depleted. And I think we don't live in villages anymore, which is kids are not meant to be raised by one or two people. It is just not the way that we've lived for millions of years. And so it can be very, very depleting, you know, and I get that absolutely 100% with my own family. And so it's so important to make sure that we care for ourselves, both emotionally, mentally, spiritually, in every way. And you, you can do that by giving yourself little bits of space, even if it's four seconds, you give yourself a little bit of space. You know, one of the most powerful things that you can do, and I had an experience of this this weekend with my daughter, where I was trying to get her to do something relaxing. And instead, what I did was I did this practice in front of her. And you know what? It changed everything. Because there's nothing more powerful than your kids seeing you take care of yourself in front of them and modeling what it's like to take care of yourself, even if it's to take a breath. It's very powerful and it changes, it can change everything. 
And I think you one of the can things- ta- You don't have to wait, you know? You don't have to wait. And I think what you're saying, a lot of times we're modeling with the intention of influencing, saying, I'm going to do this in front of them because I want them to do it. And I know this is hard and we do want that, but really embody the skill just to embody the skill, right? Just for the goal of doing it for yourself. And then may let the chips like fall where they may. Yeah. If your child embodies it, it, if your child does it, amazing, right? But don't only model the behavior because you're like, I hope this is teaching them something. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these skills, you think, you think, oh, I can't meditate unless I have 20 minutes and I can sit in a quiet room and I, there's nobody around me. How can I do it? Do it in front of your family. Do it in front of your kids. Take two minutes. Just start doing it. It's, you'll, and watch what happens. It's, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. So this has been, so we've talked a lot about a great many things here. And I want to, I know here on Dear Anxiety, we want to give you a chance to talk and to write in and to tell us what you're experiencing, what's going on, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what issues you're having, so we can all be in it together. Where do they go to do that, Rainy? How can they reach us? So they can go to gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety. And we would love you hear the children at the beginning and at the end talking about their experiences. So we want real authentic experiences shared by kids that, you know, we talk about and we talk about the subjects that they're talking about during our podcast. So it's gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety. And then I also wanted to mention Ed that if you guys want to take a deeper dive into anger transformation is what we call it. I did a course with Dr. Shefali Sabari. She's a clinical psychologist and Oprah's favorite go-to parenting expert called Anger Transformed. And that is at gozen.com forward slash anger. And Ed, you've been through that course. What'd you think of it? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. First of all, I've never heard people talk about anger in that context. And secondly, the goal was to learn how to transform anger. And it was, I think it's one of the best things I've seen uh, and one of the most rare things I've seen because it's targeting an issue that there is so much of, and I don't hear a lot of talk about how to transform anger. Your management, you know, squashing, getting rid of, but not transformation. Yeah. So we welcome you to just check that out. It's excellent. So we'll have, yeah, every show we'll have tools, we'll have experts, we'll have resources, we'll have things that you can do, a practical guide to mental health, to well-being. That's the goal of, of the show. And next time, we'll focus more on interventions and skills that you can use with your child more directly, language and skills your child can use to transform their own relationships with anger. Right here on Dear Anxiety, Rini Jane, Ed Krasnick, and we always end our show uh, with some advice on the subject from a child. And today it will be, of course, again, anger. And uh, Rini, anything you want to say about this? I'm excited to hear from all of our child advisors because I feel like their advice is so incredibly insightful. So let's take it away. You shouldn't feel bad about getting angry. If your kids aren't really listening to you, you shouldn't get mad at yourself because it's kind of a more natural feeling. That's a feeling that should come to you. 
if it's good that you feel bad for them, you're putting yourself in their shoes. And but all you can do when you start to yell, you can apologize to them and tell them why you got angry, and then they'll start to understand, and then um, they will um, go into your shoes, and they'll start feeling how you feel.